Hi everyone, you're listening to the Health and Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath, and you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. Today, I'll be talking about stress and the nervous system. These podcasts will feature discussions on various health conditions, health tips, and nutrition from a naturopathic perspective. Sometimes it's just me, sometimes I'm interviewing guests. All the time, I hope to share with you information on health and well-being with the aim to empower and educate. Please remember that all information is general and not a specific recommendation that replaces consulting with a practitioner. Please talk to your healthcare practitioner before undertaking any changes to your treatment regime. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. We're going to be talking about stress and the nervous system. Today I'm joined with Laura. She's a clinical naturopath practicing in St. Leonard's and Dural. Her key areas of interest are female hormone disorders, digestive health, stress and adrenal fatigue. Through her clinical experience, Laura has identified the prevalence of stress in our everyday lives and sees it as the most common cause or exacerbating factor of her patients' health conditions. Laura believes that we need to get back to basics and work on our ability to release and manage stress in order to prevent and treat disease. Last year, Laura set herself the mission to reach beyond the walls of her clinics and send her de-stress message out to Australia and New Zealand households through the Burton Health Tea Club. Each month, she sends love letters and tea packages to her members to inject joy and excitement into their days and to remind them to slow down, relax and reconnect while sipping on a cup of organic herbal tea. I must say, I do love your teas, Laura. Oh, good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) The the tea club's been going for a while now, hasn't it? How, roughly, how many members do you have? Um, at the moment, I've got ten. Um, it goes up and down, obviously, when people's memberships expire and and getting new people started. Um, my aim is to get it to a hundred and then keep it at a hundred. I want to keep it quite um, exclusive and manageable, so I don't want it to get out of control. Um, I I do handwrite the love letters that go in the tea club, so I don't want to. Um, make it too much of an effort for myself you know I, don't, I want to still enjoy it I love doing it and I, I you know I want to bring joy to other people but also to myself through doing it um, so yeah at the moment 10 but set to grow I think that's a really good number considering how long you've been going for and then you've also got the ability to buy tea just on a one-off basis as well that's right yes yeah. so through the clinics or online people can buy the individual bags of tea um, as well, so yeah, if they're not if they're not ready to commit to the tea club, then they they still can enjoy the tea. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What's yeah. your favourite blend that you've got? Oh, it's so hard. Every time someone buys one, I go to say to them, "Oh, that's my favourite," and then I go, "Actually, they're all my favourites. I can't choose." <laughs> um, I really love the beauty blend just because it's. It, every sense is kind of covered you know it smells delicious it looks beautiful um and then it, you know it works on um making you beautiful um and also the tea stress blend so the one it's quite appropriate for today but the one that's for stress that's probably my biggest seller um which what that's one of the things that made me realize how big stress is when the tea stress just kept on getting sold out I thought hang on a minute something's going on here um, and yeah, I love, they're, they're both the floral flavor, really floral ones. So the tea stress tastes like lavender mm. um, and the beauty is like rose. So I really like the floral flavors. Yeah. Yeah. I've been drinking your, um, maternity tea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and every time I do it, I go maternity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it just makes me, I just love it. I love the play on words. It just makes me laugh. And some of them I've actually 
made the blend up around the name. Like we've come up with the name, like the after party. Um, so it's a bit of a recovery tea. And that was just based on the name. I just thought the name was so funny. It had to be made. <laughs> uh, I definitely admire that skill. I'd be so bad at coming up with names. I've got friends. I've got friends messaging me all the time. People who are like, I can't stop thinking of names. And they're always messaging names through to me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So I've enlisted a few helpers. <laughs> That's good. So what else have you been up to? Um, oh, that's, I mean, the tea club is, is when I'm not in clinic, that's kind of the thing that takes over my life. So making new, new blends. And, um, uh, this, this week I've just been sending out the latest tea club parcels. So it goes out in the first week of the month. Um, so, you know, wrapping presents and, and getting that all up to the post office. Um, and yeah, just, just working, working away in the clinic, really. That's, that's 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 the um that's it in my life at the moment (laughs) fair enough (laughs) and and uh you've got your stress talk coming up this week yes that's on this saturday at windsor at the short order long black cafe where the last ones have been so i'm really excited for that and um we've had a few more ticket purchases happening so i am thinking it'll be getting close to sold out by the time that it actually happens um so it's going to be basically similar to what we're talking about today and talking about how stress is affecting the body and then ways that you can manage stress in your everyday life and um, similar to what you're going to be helping out with today as well as the talking about mindfulness techniques and meditation techniques and all those sorts of things that you can do just to sort of knock stress on the head when it when it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. it's Stress is just such a major issue for so many people, isn't it? And what I find is that people don't actually recognise the role that stress has in their health issues Mm -hmm. because um, we just don't recognise that stress to be as much of an issue or people are kind of getting in a bit of a denial about stress as well. So they, they almost don't really understand what stress is. Yeah. Yeah, you you ask your patients, are you, are you stressed? And they look at you and go, no. <laughs> yeah, or they say, well, I, I know that there's plenty of people that have it worse than me, so yeah. I'm not stressed in comparison to that. <laughs> yeah, and downplaying that, you know, that doesn't, that's, that's not really important. It's what's going on for you right now. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world or with other people. It's It's what's happening in your life. Yeah, and then there's all these everyday types of bits of stress and and things that like like illness and and physical stress and over exercise. These are all sorts of forms of stress that people don't actually understand is going to be affecting your body and in your stress levels and your other hormones and all of that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I recently had to ask a patient to stop exercising. <laughs> for a little while um but yeah that and and she found that a struggle you know to actually rest and to do things um a a little bit slower it's it's hard to get your head around isn't it but particularly for people with with adrenal fatigue that you think you get told that you know exercise is going to give you more energy Mm. but if you've got adrenal fatigue then they exercise is going to make you worse especially if you're doing that high intensity form of exercise like if you're just doing a nice gentle yoga that's that's gonna be fine whereas you've got all these hot yoga classes happening not so great (laughs) yeah exactly and you know often the 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 high intensity people just it's hard to get their head around 
doing yoga. You know, it's hard to get them to think of yoga as exercise because they they often think of yoga as um, <laughs> luxury or you know that they don't they don't yet see the value in it. Yeah, or they say I get bored. Yes, yeah, like that's the point. <laughs> yes, yes, that's um, yeah, that's quite. I've, I, yeah, it's 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 really fun sometimes the reactions you get from people in clinic. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It keeps it interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, stress can affect our mood and it can also affect um, how our hormones are working as well. And one of the main things that I, I find is that sometimes when you've got stress, it's not affecting your hormones, but it's just causing a bit of an imbalance in your nervous system to begin with. But it's all interconnected and and you can have both going on as well. So today I want to talk about a bit of both nervous system imbalances and stress issues with the hormonal side to that being adrenal fatigue. So in our nervous system, we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically our relaxation state. And then we've got our sympathetic nervous system, which is the one that's activated more so when we're stressed. One of the things is um, you might notice when you you get stressed, that's when you, you get all the sweating and it's often because our sweat glands, it's because it has that sympathetic nervous system attached to the end of it. So, we've got all these different neurotransmitters involved in our mood and different imbalances in each one can actually cause different mood symptoms as well. So for instance, um, serotonin is one that most people know about. It's an inhibitory neurotransmitter and what that does is it assists in the regulation of our mood, in our sleep and our eating behavior. Finally, though, only 2% of our serotonin actually exists in our brain. The rest is all throughout the body, but predominantly it's in our digestive system. So it really goes to show the importance of having a healthy gut. So serotonin deficiency symptoms that you could get would be things like aggression, bad temper, anxiety, performance anxiety, carbohydrate and alcohol cravings, depression, increased sensitivity to pain, insomnia due to racing thoughts, low self-esteem, headaches, narcolepsy which is where you would fall asleep really quickly without planning to and poor dream recall so it's linked with melatonin so tweaking your moonlight exposure can be really helpful try to get at least 20 minutes of moonlight exposure throughout the night but if you are depressed then you may actually need a little bit more People who do shift works may benefit from vitamin C, um, and this actually helps to regulate another hormone, another neurotransmitter, histamine, and, and also using cortisol-supporting herbs and trying to get sunlight before the shift starts. Histamine is an excitatory neurotransmitter. Uh, it's involved in the release of serotonin and also noradrenaline. It's got an inhibitory role in anxiety and deficiency symptoms of histamine would be things like anxiety, racing mind, confusion, memory loss, low libido, nausea and suppressed appetite. We need a lot of vitamin B6, which is important in converting histidine to histamine. Sometimes you can actually get histamine excess and that's more associated with depression. One of the things that affects the histamine levels is, is your genetics. So for instance, there's that whole MTHFR side of things involved. And then if you've got an overmethylation or undermethylation, then that will determine it. It's kind of hard to get your head around all of these neurotransmitters as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's something that you really do want to see a practitioner about. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not. It's really. Um, I'm very anti people mess, messing around with the bank, brain chemistry um, themselves. It's it can be dangerous. So it really is something to do with a trained professional. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not. It's not something you want to mess with. I think it's it's really it's histamine in particular that seems to be the key thing at the moment with, on all the internet blogs that people talk about with the MTHFR, and I'm seeing people come in taking B6 or taking SAMe and it's like no you're actually you don't need that <laughs> yes yeah absolutely that's, that's going to make you worse yeah 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 and, and it is you know it's very very hard to get your head around so just reading something on a blog doesn't mean that it it's for you <laughs> yeah you yeah. need you need the blood tests you need the full case history and you need someone well, personally, I find because I, I have a hard time treating myself. Yeah. I need someone else to come in and sort of look at me objectively. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, even for naturopaths, treating yourself isn't a great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some of the other neurotransmitters we've got. So there's GABA. Yeah. This is our main inhibitory neurotransmitter. It regulates heaps of our physiological functions, especially in the, the gastrointestinal tract, and it's found found really highly throughout the GI tract as well. It reduces anxiety and insomnia, and deficiency symptoms would be things like anxiety, alcohol cravings, insomnia, panic attacks, trembling, palpitation, cold or clammy hands, um, which is often when – I don't – I don't always shake people's hands when they come in because some people are uncomfortable with that. But sometimes when people do it and I, I sense that, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's GABA involvement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that sense of having a lump in the throat, PMS or carbohydrate cravings. And in people with GABA issues, if they're deficient in B6, then they can't convert their glutamine to GABA. And often what's, what happens is these are the people that get that Chinese food syndrome reaction. Mm-hmm. So they react they react to the MSG a lot and it's because they just can't get that conversion down that pathway. Um, things like L-theanine is good for, like it induces that alpha brainwave activity which makes you feel relaxed um, and it also increases uh, dopamine, serotonin and the inhibitory neurotransmitter glycine. Then I guess the other main one to go through after that would be dopamine. Um, which is also an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It's involved in the control of movement, emotional response, and ability to experience pleasure and pain. Low levels are associated with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ADD, and high levels are associated with schizophrenia. So your deficiency symptoms of dopamine would be things like muscle tightness, stress, mental exhaustion, general fatigue and exhaustion, addictive disorders, decreased memory function, depression, low libido, tremors, and lack of motivation. And then, um, the, like, you've also got things like adenosine as well, which is adenosine is what's involved in that sleep as a different sort of pathway to melatonin. So melatonin controls your rhythms, your sleep rhythms, whereas adenosine controls your sleepiness. Um, and that's how caffeine works. Caffeine binds to the adenosine receptors, and so it stops adenosine from sending out those I'm sleepy signals. So that's why if you have a cup of coffee before you go to bed, you can suppress that. But if your melatonin is actually quite strong, it's not going to work too well for you. And to have healthy, strong melatonin levels, you need to have a really good adrenal health. So, Laura, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh, So as far as what we can do um, to help the neurotransmitter health, you know, we said you shouldn't be supplementing yourself, but we can help to control that or help to enhance it with our diet. 
Um, so, you know, basically we, we want to have a really healthy diet full of amino acids. So the amino acids help to, to build our neurotransmitters. Um, so things like having good quality protein, protein's a big one, um, for, our, for building healthy neurotransmitters. So things like almonds, um, pepitas, sesame seeds, cashew nuts, good quality meat. So, you know, good quality grass fed. I always think of it as happy meat. Um, yes. <laughs> eggs, and that includes the egg yolk. So, you know, if you're just having egg whites, we want to put the egg yolk in there as well to get the complete amino acid profile. Um, fish as well for your good quality protein. So precursors to GABA specifically, um, meat, protein, cottage cheese is another good one, ricotta and oats. So, you know, oats are really great for the nervous system health and it is because they help to, to get the GABA production going. And we use oats in herbal medicine a lot as well for nervous system disorders. Yeah. I like to think of it as being able to unfray the nerve endings. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it's such it's such a beautiful herb. And I think it's such, you know, for people that are working in stressful environments or having, you know, know they're having a stressful day, it's such a nice way to, to start the day with a bowl of oats. Mm. Um, I've been having a lot of porridge lately because it's been so cold. Yes. Yeah, it's perfect for winter. <laughs> Um, and the other thing as far as, you know, um, the digestion of the proteins go is we need to make sure that the digestion is working well. And it's kind of a, it goes back and forth when, when it comes with the, the nervous system, because if we're really stressed, our digestion often doesn't work very well. Um, so the digestion can shut down when we're stressed uh, and we, we can underproduce our digestive enzymes to actually break down the proteins. So sometimes we need to take a digestive enzyme uh, to help to help break down so that we can break down the amino acids to absorb and create the neurotransmitters. Yeah, the gut is so important when it comes to mood health and mental health and, and neurotransmitter health. It's, um, it's where we make our neurotransmitters. It's where we break down the proteins to do that and where we get all the nutrients that we need because each and every step of our neurotransmitter pathway involves a nutrient um, so if we're deficient in any one of these because we're not getting it or because we're not absorbing it then of course the end result is going to be an imbalance in our in our mental health and our overall health absolutely yeah um, and uh, vitamin C is also another big one for the, the neurotransmitters. So vitamin C is, you know, found in high concentration in the adrenals but also in the nerve endings. So, you know, to go with that protein, maybe a bit of dessert, some, um, some kiwi fruit or some papaya, strawberries, um, they're, they're high in vitamin C. So that's also a really big one for, for the neurotransmitters. Great idea. Yeah, and the B vitamins, like stress B vitamins we know we need we need them so the B vitamins they're really important to make the neurotransmitters and when we're stressed we turn them up a lot quicker so legumes nuts leafy greens you can really get these for you know you, if you're eating a balanced diet you don't even really need to think about it you know if you're eating a yeah. natural whole food diet you're getting everything that you need to make these neurotransmitters which is nice i know like i always think it's when we, when we do talk about diet if you sort of take a step back it's not that much rocket science it's <laughs> yeah. just eat real food yeah eat real food <laughs> yeah nature na you know I'm, nature is just so smart it's all there for us yeah if you eat a variety of food then you're going to get everything you need if you chew it well if you don't do stuff to make yourself 
not absorb it by putting in bad food. Yeah. I mean, having said that, there are always ways that you can tweak your diet and things like that. But for the general general people out there listening, you don't have to stress too much about it. Have I had my X amount of vitamin C today or that sort of thing? Yes. If, you're yep. in, if you eat your rainbow, then it's all good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I often say to my patients, just don't think about what you can't have. Like, don't think I'm not allowed this and I'm not allowed that. Make sure you eat all the foods that you should be having. And then if you still want something on the, you know, the not so naturopathic list, then you can have it as long as you've had everything else first. Yeah, I love that. That's great. <laughs> Uh, and I think, oh, and zinc, that's the other one. Um, zinc and magnesium, they're the, the other big ones that, that I was thinking of, um, food wise. So again, your leafy greens, your eggs, um, your nuts and seeds. Oysters. Uh, oyster. Well, yeah, <laughs> I have to say I'm not getting my zinc from oysters. Oh, they're my favorite. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's yeah, good for you. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, oysters, they're a they're a big one, big one for zinc. Yeah. Sardines. Uh, sardines, yeah, beautiful. And your calcium as well. So calcium and magnesium go nicely together for the nervous system. So mm. with your sardines with the little bones that are there, you you're getting a good calcium source as well. Yeah. And a bit of organic organ meat as well can be really beneficial. Yeah. Um if you can't quite stomach it, then usually what I say to people is freeze it and then grate it mm-hmm. into your food so that way you can't really tell. Yeah, nice. That's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other big ones you can think of? Iron. Iron, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, that comes in your, like, definitely high sources in your organ meats. Yeah. But then also in all your, like you're saying, leafy greens, nuts and seeds, meat, meat yeah. all of those sources. And so you need your plenty of vitamin C to absorb that. And you need a good, healthy, working digestive system. Yeah. Similarly, people who have hemochromatosis, they can actually get anxiety issues when the iron's out of balance. So you don't want to play around with your iron if you don't know what you're doing, um, like if you don't know if you have hemochromatosis or not. Yeah, and also if you don't, um, you know, when people come in and they're taking iron but they don't actually know whether they have low iron or not, it's just, oh, a friend at work's taking iron and they feel really good. Yeah. You really do need to know what your iron is 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 doing, whether you have not enough or too much. So yeah, very important to get tested. Yeah, I mean, like there's plenty of other um, there's plenty of other nutrients involved, which again you don't have to stress about. It's like yeah, like your choline and your vitamin D, vitamin E, carnitine, lipoic acid, all of those lovely things. Yeah, and again, a balanced diet. So if we look at our plate. Maybe have, you know, if we eat meat or have legumes, we have some leafy green veggies. Um, you know, if we're having a salad, we chuck an egg on there, have some nuts and seeds as a snack, um, you know, have, have a couple of pieces of fruit a day, then we're really, we can be pretty confident that we're getting what we need through our diet. Yeah. Um, seafood three times a week, yeah. I like. And then you're getting a good DHA, EPA balance, omega-3s. Talking about vitamin C as well, it just makes me think again about the adrenal glands and how important they are in our health. Yeah. And they produce your adrenaline, your noradrenaline, your epinephrine, and 
the norepinephrine works on our sympathetic nerves. It increases our heart rate, our blood pressure, increases our lipid breakdown and causes peripheral vasoconstriction. And epinephrine works out of the adrenal medulla. So it does all of those other things that the norepinephrine does, but as well, it breaks down our muscle glycogen into glucose and it can cause these coronary and bronchial dilations as well. One of the things, if we've got these chronic stress happening, then the hormones that actually promote our muscle and our bone growth and, um, and having high cortisol, that, that can increase our insulin levels. Insulin on its own can be anabolic for both fat and muscle, but when it's associated with high cortisol, then it places preference on just storing fat rather than building up muscle as well. So for people who are chronically stressed and they're trying to lose weight, then that's one of those reasons why you just can't seem to get the benefits from your exercise. The other thing is that when you're chronically stressed, these these hormones will actually suppress your immune system and reduce your ability to heal from injuries and like chronic injuries. So chronic stress, it leads to an impaired negative feedback of our HPA axis, so slower recovery from stresses and to either higher or lower cortisol levels. So low cortisol levels can lead to symptoms of inflammation and fatigue, high cortisol and catecholamines, are, and they're linked with depression. So what sort of symptoms would you be looking for in adrenal fatigue if you're presented with that in clinic? Often it's people who wake up feeling exhausted. Um, so that's, that's a big sign when they wake up tired in the morning, brain fog, um, you know, just not feeling very sharp. I think of when I think nervous, I'm looking at people in clinic, I'm thinking nervous system stress and thinking adrenal fatigue, nervous system stress. For me, I think of someone who's vibrating really fast and then adrenal fatigue is just exhausted, but they might have really quick reflexes. So it's that tired and wired They're, they're I'm so knackered, but. I'm kind of on at the same time. Yeah, I actually see that same situation. So the people who are running on their reserves, like they're running on the adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah, so you then that's where I look at using more of your nervine herbs, your neurotransmitter balancing herbs. And then when you get into the more adrenal fatigue, that's when you go in with your adrenal herbs. And so that, that would be things like your salt and your sugar cravings. And like like you were saying as well, that that unrefreshed feeling in the morning, unexplained fatigue and weakness, um, even unexplained hypotension or low blood pressure. Yes. You can do a little bit of a test where you can take your blood pressure sitting and then take your blood pressure standing up as like you can easily do this at home and your blood pressure should actually, your, your systolic blood pressure should raise by about 10 points. So if it stays the same or even if it drops, then you know that's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, do you do the salivary um, testing in your clinic for the adrenal fatigue? I do. Yeah. Um, although it is a bit pricey, so I don't do it for everyone. Yeah. Um, I usually do it if I'm not sure um, or if it's going to be affecting what I treat, uh, yeah. whereas I can – Pretty much, I can always tell. You can tell on symptoms, absolutely, and I'm the same. I don't, I'm don't like making people spend money unnecessarily, so um, I usually do it based on symptoms. You know, we we can pick it up pretty easily. Um, but yeah, it's it, for the people that some people like to see test results, and it helps them to be compliant. Um, so I guess then it comes in handy for those people as well. Yeah, definitely agree. Like if they need, if you need to have that con- confirmation for yourself. 
and the money isn't an issue, then go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it can be helpful as well when you're in that in-between stage because there's different treatments for high cortisol to low cortisol. Yeah. So if you're not really sure, then you can do the test. And then it's also a good way of monitoring your responses. So you might want to do it again in three months or even a month if you can um, and then see, see how much you've improved to see if you're responding to the treatment. Yes, that it, it, it is a nice marker. So you can actually, you know, I mean, people know from their symptoms, as soon as that brain fog lifts and you feel you wake up in the morning awake, then you, do, you know your adrenals are working again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is always a nice feeling. So what are some ways that you would recommend that people deal with adrenal fatigue in their lifestyle and their diet? Yeah. Um, so for adrenal fatigue, it's really, for me, I find that it's important to really try and get my patients to take some of the pressure off themselves. Um, so, you know, like we said before, for people who are doing CrossFit or really high-intensity exercise, they need to give that a little rest for a while and switch to something like, you know, if they need to be active, yoga. Yoga is, you know, it's so restorative for the adrenals. Um, so that's that's very, very important when it comes to exercise. Again, just nourishing themselves with good foods, um, you know, good quality fats, good quality proteins, um, reducing adrenal fatigue very closely um, interlinked with insulin resistance. So we really want to get the sugar down in the diet. And, you know, people with adrenal fatigue often do crave the sugars to, to give themselves a boost. So we want to try and manage that and get simple sugars out of the diet. Coffee is another big one, unfortunately, for adrenal fatigue. Coffee is not the friend because it does get the the that racy feeling going you know it's it's getting that adrenaline going often and you know we're trying to to give the body a break so that it can um, build the adrenal glands back up again um, so we really want to take those stimulants out and we want to just be really really nourishing and I always think with adrenal fatigue it's just like we just want to give ourselves a big cuddle we just yeah. be really loving to ourselves and and everything's got to be nourishing and and yeah like having a big cuddle from your mum uh, <laughs> uh and you know that we know that makes us feel good right of course um uh, and hugs are actually a really great way of um relieving stress oh i love a good hug yeah so hugs are so great and they help with boosting your oxytocin as well which is one of those other beautiful hormones that you get which makes you just feel so loved and nurtured um normally you get the oxytocin when you're when you've just had a baby like that's what people know about it from but you can actually stimulate your oxytocin levels anytime so they, they did a study and they actually found that these people who got hugs from their mums they saw decreased cortisol levels for a whole hour after they did that how good is that that is so nice so we go and eat it all go around hugging each other yes particularly <laughs> your mum hug your mum if you can <laughs> yeah that's right yeah even so, even your dog oh sorry your, your pet yes yep absolutely um, and you know again see there's that evidence with the hugs and then things like meditation there's been studies that have shown that meditation increases the the neurotransmitters so it increases your your um, your dopamine and your serotonin so meditation makes you happy um so these you know this is stress and adrenal fatigue if we can start doing yoga and we can start meditating um and i know a lot of people struggle with meditation they just don't know how to meditate it is a really hard one to learn um so i usually get people to start off with things like yoga and just mindfulness so you know i'll say to people while you're brushing your teeth think about the fact that you're brushing your teeth just be in that moment or while you're putting your shoes on be in that moment i did a meditation 
retreat at the Nantian Temple in Wollongong once and it was they were just teaching us mindfulness. You know, when you take your shoes off, take your shoes off properly and put your shoelaces inside your shoes and do everything, you know, in a mindful way and actually think about what you're doing where, you know, we just get home and kick our shoes off and, and don't even think about it and we're brushing our teeth and we're thinking about what we need to do tomorrow. So if we can just try and be where we are, then that's a meditation. Um, so, you know, we can actually affect our neurotransmitters by being in the moment and by doing that mindfulness meditation. There are also some really great apps that you can follow. So I am not so great at just meditating on my own. I need to do guided meditations. So you can get, I think there's a, an app called Headspace. Um, there's yoga apps as well that you can get on your iPad so you can do it at home and, and follow along with those. Um, there's also a great YouTube video, I think it's called One Minute Meditation or One Minute Mindfulness, and it's a little cartoon man and, and he sits at his desk and he does a one-minute meditation so you can do it along with him. So just you don't have to start off by doing half-hour meditations. Um, you can just start simply like that. Um, and the other thing that I do with my patients is breathing exercises. So I get them to do alternate nostril breathing, which um, it's it's a, yo a, a yogi practice, but you, you cover, we probably need to do a video for this one, but you cover one nostril and you breathe in through that one and then you cover the other one and uncover the first one and you breathe out through the other side. And so you sit, you can find these videos on YouTube, but you sit there and you, you breathe in and out through the alternating nostrils. And that actually does help to nourish the adrenals back up again. Um, and I think of it as a meditation because while you're doing it, you're, you're in the moment and you're thinking about your breathing and that's all you're really concentrating on. That's really good. That's um, well, there's lots of different breathing techniques that you can do, but I think the, the core thing with all of them is that, you are focusing on your breathing, so you're present, but you're also breathing less. Mm. And I think when a lot of people are over-breathing, and so when you're over-breathing, like it's the, like that's that stress, your nervous system actually gets stressed from that. And so if you breathe less and you breathe longer and slower, then you, what you're doing is you're actually you are lowering your oxygen levels, but it's actually sending a message to your brain to say, I'm calm now. Yes. And that's what we need to do. We need to, because of our lifestyles and how fast paced it is and that, you know, we may not think we're stressed, but we are like our lifestyles are stressing our bodies out. We need to take those mindful the steps to tell our bodies, no, we're not stressed. Everything's okay. You don't need to be producing these stress hormones. You don't need to be on high alert. We're okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just actually concentrating on your breathing. And again, when we were talking about the digestion before, like sitting and taking a few deep breaths before you eat can switch your body out of that fight or flight mode and into the rest and digest mode so that we can actually digest our food. And mindful eating as well is beneficial, which is where you actually concentrating on the feeling of the food in your mouth and the stretching of your jaw muscle and, and the taste of the food. Yeah, and so tasting your food, chewing your food. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, if you try and chew your food 20 times, you realise that really we often just chew our food three times and swallow it. Like we really need to get into chewing our food and, and tasting our food and and even sitting at the dinner table and switching the TV off and, and sitting down and eating your food, you know, having a meal um, where that is, that's the event, that's the that's what you're doing, you're actually having, having your meal. It's so important. If I could get people to do just one thing for their digestion, it would probably be to chew. Yes. Yeah. And they find, do you find that they find it hard? I find that people just, they find it really hard to switch into that. They forget. That's what yeah. I find. 
Yep. Yep, because that, that mindfulness. Yep. <laughs> or lack of, yeah. yeah. It, it's just it's reprogramming. Um, so another uh, really uh, uh, thinking about the neurotransmitters and the stress response and the fact that, you know, we're often in that fight or flight mode, another great thing to try and do is to just try and change the way we think about situations. So if we can try and make ourselves if we can think happy, then we can make ourselves happy. Like if we can try and make ourselves see good and happiness in situations, then it kind of will start to make us happier. So things like um, if you're stuck in a traffic jam, you can have, you know, Sally in car one and Bob in car two. And Bob might be getting really angry about the traffic jam and getting really furious. And, you know, his stress hormones are going up and he's, you know, he's getting really, really mad and red in the face and his breathing is shallow. And, you know, he's like a heart attack waiting to happen. And then you've got Sally in the other car and she's got her favorite music cranking and she's happy and she's singing and she's taking the traffic jam as an opportunity to to be happy and you know she doesn't have to be at work right now she's sitting in traffic listening to music and so she's she's making those happy um, hormones in the body and neurotransmitters in the body and she's you know she's in the exact same situation as he is but she's seeing it through different eyes and I think that that's something that we really need to start trying to do because you know you might be you might be in the car with Bob and you're feeding off his energy and you're getting really angry with him. But if you got out of the car and got into the car with Sally, you'll start singing with her and you'll become happy with her. So if we can try and switch ourselves out of the, the stressed moments and just try and see it as a, an opportunity or a happy moment, I think that that would be really great for our bodies as well. But where I think where we used to... Um, you know, back back in the olden days where we could be living our lives and slip into that stress response when we needed to, where it was useful, now we've just got it switched on all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's learning to switch it off. I think that's the the important one, that we've got to learn how to switch the, the stress response off. And so like you were saying before, like the mindfulness exercises, the breathing exercises, all of that is so helpful. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few other ones that I really like as well, which is, is regular gratitude practice. Yeah. Uh, and so that can just be focusing on the positive things. So it's similar to what we've been doing with the mindfulness where you're bringing yourself into that time. But And it's also that positive thinking as well. So first thing you do when you get up in the morning is you think about what you're grateful for and then the last thing you do at night is you think about what you're grateful for and that can be the people in your life or your accomplishments and it and you can reframe negative experiences into gratitude as well because anytime you fail that's an experience that you've learned from and that you've been able to grow from mm -hmm. and I like to um, when people are first starting to to do um, you know gratitude practices I get them to write each night three things that they're grateful for from that day nice like a little prayer yeah yeah and then you know it's you've got this little gratitude journal that it can it can make you realize what what good is in your life you know and what and what you and yeah like you said it's reframing you know you, you're reframing the day you're looking at the day and going okay what are three great things that happened today and it could just be that the sun came out and the sun you know you you walk down the street and you felt the sun on your face it doesn't have to be you know anything crazy you don't have to win the lottery it's just it's just taking um you know the the finding something that you're really grateful for in every day exactly like yeah like that feeling of the sun in your on your back it's yeah. always such a beautiful experience yeah absolutely
those are some really great examples of ways that you can start managing stress with your lifestyle. So like, like you, we've covered, so your mindfulness, meditation, gratitude practice, just being in the in the moment because it's when you're in the past or when you're in the future, that's when worry happens. Mm. Whereas if you're in the present, then that's when you can be ha- the happiest. Yeah. But, I mean, every, everyone's going to have stress. Like we're not in denial about that or anything like that. It's just that it's how you deal with the stress and it's actively trying to rephrase your ways of thinking and you're supporting your body with your diet and supporting your body with nutrients and and herbs if need be can have such a big impact on the way that's affecting the rest of your body because if you keep your stress levels under control then you're less likely to have that flow on issues with your thyroid and your reproductive hormones all these things that stress can have such a huge impact on uh, which we don't want it to happen because if your stress is let to go really, really severe, then that's, that can be very, very serious consequences. Mm. Just talking about herbs, of course, I always like to finish with talking about what our favourite herbs for stress are. So what would yours be? <laughs> um, I love oats. Um, uh, like we mentioned before, passion flower. So passion flower, I really, really love. Um, I use it a lot in sleep mixes, but for some people, um, you know, it, it's beneficial during the day as well. So it is a very, very calming herb. So, you know, it's really nice for helping people to get to sleep. I always say to people, you know, the sleep herbs, they don't knock you out like, um, you know, maybe a sleeping tablet will. They calm your nervous system. They calm your body so that you can naturally fall to sleep. Um, uh, I like lemon balm as well and chamomile. So lemon balm and chamomile I often use for people who the stress impacts their digestive system. So it helps to relax um, relax them and help their digestive system to work better. Um, Which is so often the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, lavender. I know some naturopaths don't like to use lavender in the liquid because of the taste, but I really like, uh, you know, that tea stress tea. I love the flavor of lavender um, and I like it in herb mixes and that's beautiful for the nervous system. I was pretty nervous about trying that tea stress tea because I know how bad lavender tastes. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it in the tea. Oh, good. But I I still don't really like it in the liquids, like the, the tinctures. Yeah, you have to use only a little bit when you do it. I, I, when I do it in liquids, I use a very small amount in a bottle of herbs. Yeah. So it doesn't overpower. But then, yeah, I guess it's taste preference. Yeah, I, I usually blend it with a little bit of glycerol or, or like some extra flavouring mix. Yeah, and no, I'm mean. I don't <laughs> – I'm, I'm mean when it comes to herbs. I just tell people to suck it up. <laughs> I try and say – I try and suss out how much people can handle. If they can handle the strong tastes, then then they won't get the flavouring added. Because then that makes room for other good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. If you use the flavoring mixes, like that's what I think. You're wasting space. <laughs> exactly. So then, I mean, they're the nervous system herbs I use. What about for you, nervous system herbs? What am I missing? Well, I would probably say that withania is one of my favorites. <gasps> yes, me too. <laughs> it's a calming adaptogen. So, and the, the adaptogens are so smart they know what your body needs so like if you need to rest they will make you rest yeah. but not to the extent that's going to knock you out but they're going to be like just go to bed now all right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and with amy is so good for supporting the, the whole nervous system as a whole as well as your immune system and your stress levels and your mood and your hormones and it's a great just general tonic uh, yeah. 
but I do love passion flower. I definitely agree with you there. Um, I also love chamomile mm. um, because it's anti-inflammatory as well. And a lot of people with depression have that inflammation side of things going on. Um, and I'm getting into holy basil. <gasps> Me too. I'm just getting into that as well. Yeah. It's just it's good at promoting that sense of well-being. Mm, makes you happy. I yeah. love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's the teas as well, the Tulsi teas. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. They're nice. So, yeah, I'm excited to use more of that. Um, sometimes I have used saffron, but it's such an expensive herb that I don't use it a huge amount, but I find that it's really beautiful for grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a great male tonic as well. Yeah. And with, um, with back to, um, with Ania, I know, um, I know when we learned hers, we were taught that motherwort was like having a mother's hug, but with Ania, when we were talking about the mother's hug before, that's what I think of with Ania as, as having a big cuddle. It just, it gives you that feeling that having a big cuddle gives you. Yeah, I know. I actually um, remember being told that about the motherwort in uni. And then one of my other girlfriends, um, Laura Harris, Laura Grace Harrison from Chamomile Naturopathy, she was talking about using it with Hawthorne. Mm. Um, for that extra hug, that like heartfelt hug. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, I've, I love that sort of thought as well. Yeah. A hug in a bottle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then with the, um, I think you, you've, you've done the thyroid adrenal podcast, but, uh, obviously licorice as well is another big one. Um, when we're thinking about the adrenals. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could... In these segments, it's so hard to not list every single herb. Yeah, because I love all my herbs. Yes, absolutely, and that, and that's the thing; it's the synergistic um, qualities of the herbs. So one herb doesn't just do one thing. Like passion flowers, not just for sleep. You know, they do they do so many different things, and then when you blend them together, they it, it increases their actions and it makes them them work even better. It's it's yeah, it's such a beautiful, beautiful modality, herbal medicine. Mm, I love it. <laughs> So are you off to clinic after this? I am, yeah. Yep, off to St. Leonard's today. Oh, fair enough. And you, you're in clinic? Yes, I'm in Bella Vista today. Awesome. I've got a full day coming up, so that's good. Good. It can be a bit quiet this time of year, I find, with um, uh, school holidays. So if you've got a nice busy day, you're um, you're doing well. <laughs> and then I will see you on Thursday. Yes. Where we have our, there's a seminar we're both attending on cardiovascular health or natural support for cardiovascular health, which yeah. will be good. In the beautiful Blue Mountains too. So yeah. It'll be chilly. Make sure you wrap up warm. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> and then on Friday, I'm taking a bit of time off because um, Tim's on school holidays. So we're going to just have a bit of a trek around Lure and go bushwalking and explore the, the falls in that area and eat at some of the beautiful cafes there I'm yeah. so looking forward to that yeah nice I'm I'm kidnapping my sister and taking her up so we'll probably uh we'll more than likely see you yeah well I hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it should be nice so, and see we're practicing what we preach we're taking some de-stress time that's it <laughs> high five <laughs> yes <laughs> Awesome. So thanks so much for joining us and I hope you have a great day at clinic today and I look forward to catching up with you on Thursday. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.
So thanks for listening, everyone. If anyone wants to get in contact with Laura, you can do so by her website, which is www.burtonhealth.com.au and you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. If anyone has any questions for the next podcast, please feel free to submit them. We love answering questions and I will see you guys next time. Bye.